Hey, this is Andrew DiMazio, and I'm the lead pastor here at Rose Church in Portland, Oregon, and this is our podcast. Our mission here at Rose is to be a home for humanity. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I pray today's message challenges you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy today's podcast. We're going to jump to Genesis 22 today. Genesis 22. If you have your Bible, awesome. Uh, if not, it's going to be the big old sky Bible for you. The big old screen there, you can read it with us. And if you're online, if you're eating your Cheerios or making your scrambled eggs, whatever you're doing, get ready to, uh, to, to read with us. And if you have your version, whatever you got. Genesis 22. First book of the Bible, if you are newer to Scripture, newer to the context of Scripture, uh, it is the very, very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read a story about a man named Abraham. He is a pretty big deal in the narrative of Scripture. Um, if you notice, referenced a lot in the Old Testament especially. It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob. They're the three patriarchs of the Old Testament. Uh, the New Testament says that we are now the sons and daughters of Abraham. So Abraham's a pretty big uh, character. He's the father of faith, if you will. And so we're going to read a story about him and his son Isaac today. It's a pretty unique and pretty weird story, to be honest. So if you are not a church person, this is new to you, uh, you're going to find out really quick what I mean by this is a very unique story. And I'm going to do my very, very best to explain it to you and unpack it a bit. Here we go, Genesis chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am, Lord. He said back, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, sat on his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here. I want you to catch this phrase. Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took his, in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both, uh, both of them went together. And Isaac said, Isaac's starting to pick this up. I love this. Isaac said to his father, um, Father, he goes, here I am, son. Uh, behold, the, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? He's starting to piece these things together. Like, I see the knife, I see the fire, I see the wood. Where is this going? And Abraham, his father, says back, God will provide for himself. The lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of God, which or the place in which God told them, Abraham built an altar and laid wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him and said from heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God saying, you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by, its thorn, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the, the ram and offered it up as a burnt sacrifice instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. Today I want to jump into Genesis 22, and once again you start reading this story. Man, is God into human sacrifice? Absolutely not. just for clarity's sake. 
But this is a pretty profound story when it comes to worship that I'd like to title for our talk this morning, Disordered Loves. Disordered Loves. Let's pray as we jump into Genesis 22. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are here. We don't have to beg you. We don't have to plead of you. God, you are in the room. Father, I pray as we just spend the next few moments talking about Genesis 22, as we begin to worship for an expanded period, extended period of time today, that you're just, your spirit would be here, God. We, we, this is your service. This is your agenda. This is your day. God, we make room for you to move today in our hearts and in our minds. In your mighty name I pray. Everyone said? My daughter woke up at 4 a.m. this morning. Did not go back to sleep. She came to my bed, got right in between me and Julia, slowly but surely started slapping me in the face. Daddy, wake up. I'm not tired. I proceed to ignore her. I proceed to fake my sleep. She therefore begins to slap me harder and yell louder. Dad, wake up. I'm not tired. So my daughter has been up since 4 a.m. Therefore, I have been up since 4 a.m. Then, therefore, she went and woke the dog up, and Indy got very excited because she thought it was morning, and Quinn is convincing Indy it's time to play. She then went and got her two lizards out of her cage. Those you don't know, we have two bearded dragons. It's hell at my house. So she goes and gets her bearded dragons out of her cage. And then Julia decides to blow dry her hair for a total of 13 hours this morning. That then wakes Cruz up and he's like, what time is it? I'm like, son, go back to bed. And Quinn's like, it's party time. And I was like, liar, it is four in the morning. Go back to sleep. This has been my morning so far. And uh, I didn't have breakfast. I, didn't, I don't drink coffee because I'm full of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just kidding. Um, it's like super over spiritual. I don't need coffee. I have the Holy Ghost, okay? Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Um, it's been a long morning. And maybe for many of you, you show up to a morning like maybe I had or maybe a long week and you show up to church and you're like, I don't want to worship today. Don't feel it. Not in the mood. But like maybe you skip church even at times because you're just not in the mood. You get up early. Those of you that have kids, your, one of your kids throws up on the other kid. You miss a shoe. You can't find your keys. You stayed out too late. And you're like, I'm not going to church today. I'm not in the mood. Right. Maybe you get yourself to go. Maybe your spouse convinces you. Maybe your friend's like, I'm going. You better go. So you kind of like get yourself ready. You come to church. And then we start like, you know, worship and whatever. And you're like, I'm not, not in the mood. Today, I want to talk about Genesis 22 because I want to talk about a man that was not in the mood to worship. What's interesting about the Bible is there's one phrase when it comes to like theology world and like commentaries in the Bible and stuff. It's called the first mention principle. The first mention principle. What I mean by that is whenever a word is used, the first time it's ever used gives it definition for every other time it's going to be used. So if you're ever wondering about a word or a definition or a phrase, like what does it mean, just go to the Bible and find the very first time that word or phrase is ever used and now you have a working definition from that word. Genesis 22 and verse 4 is the first time the word worship is ever used. Ever in the Bible, the word worship is ever used. So now because of Genesis 22, we have a context. We have a, fu a fundamental foundation on what does God think about worship? And is it not interesting that the first time worship is ever used is connected to sacrifice? 
Because often, when we come ready to worship, for days like mine, it's a sacrifice to do so. I want to give you two thoughts today. As I just said, number one, two thoughts today. Number one is worship is sacrificial. Worship sacrificial. There's some days you don't want to lift your hand. There's some days church does not sound like the option of the morning. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get the kids ready. I have work to do. I have a big test tomorrow. I have a project to present. I have, I have a class tomorrow morning. I have, I have. Church isn't really in the cards today. I'm not in the mood to go. Worship is sacrificial. We've kind of named this series, this worship series called Spirit and Truth. And this is why. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 says, but the hour is coming. And now is here. It is here now when the true worshipers, time out. If he needs to clarify the true worshipers, that automatically means there was false worshipers. He goes, by the way, there's going to be true worshipers who will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. For God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Do you know why those two words are really important? Because sometimes your spirit says no and your truth has to lead your spirit. There are certain days like mine today. My spirit is not wanting to worship. My spirit is not wanting to preach today. My spirit wants to go get some Chick-fil-A breakfast, watch The Office, and mind my own business. That's what my spirit wants today. But guess what? My truth is going to lead my spirit. There's going to be days that you have to surrender your spirit to your truth. You know what? The truth says God is worthy of my worship, so I'm going to worship. The truth says I was happy to go into the house of the Lord, and I was happy that I said unto them, let us go to church. The truth is my spirit will be led by it. Because some days your spirit ain't moved. You don't want to. We talked about last week that God wants your hands, your voice, and your heart. Sometimes your hands are tired of work and your voice is weary because you're bad at God and your heart is somewhere else because you're worried about Monday. And God says, just how I wanted last week your heart, your hand, and your voice, I want it again this week. Well, I'm not in the mood. That's why it's called sacrificial worship. But guys, we live in Portland. We live in a world that says, do what you feel. Be who you feel. Say what you feel. Follow your heart. But then this book says, your heart's evil. Don't follow it. We come in a room like this, like, I don't feel it. Yeah, that's why it's called sacrifice. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledges his name. Let us come continually and offer a sacrifice of praise from the what? Fruit of my lips. Because sometimes it's not a sacrifice to think about him. It's a sacrifice to praise him. He doesn't say the fruit of your heart. He goes, the fruit of your lips. I want you to say his name and honor and worship his name when you don't want to. Why? Because worship is sacrificial. Now, this is, this is amazing because we read stories like this. And maybe if you're not a church person, not a Christian, you're like, this is why I don't like God. He's into human sacrifice. He's into taking things from his people. This is why I don't understand the God of the Old Testament. Clarity, let's, let's give context here. As we read, God was never interested in Isaac. He was interested in who holds Abraham's heart. Hear me. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a book called The City of God by St. Augustine. You should go read it. It's a big book. He says in the book, he goes, 
Christians run by default, and they are run by disordered loves. Hear me? Worship is the reordering of your loves. You know what's interesting is maybe a church like ours, you'd walk in like, oh, this is emotionalism. Everyone's lifting their hands, everybody's celebrating the drums and the lights. Like, this is emotionalism. No, it's not. But here's the thing. Worship involves your emotions. Worship is emotional. Do you know why? Because when you begin to worship, your loves begin to come out. And what God does in worship is he reorders your loves. And here's the thing that God does in worship. If there's anything you love more than him, he asks for it. That's why he says in Genesis 22, now I know that you fear the Lord because you were willing not to withhold your only son. Time out. Context. Abraham does not have an only son. He has two sons. Go a few chapters earlier. The Bible says Abraham's waiting 25 years to have a baby. He gets bored. Doesn't believe God's going to do it. So his wife, Sarah, says, go ahead and sleep with my servant Hagar. Abraham says, okay. It's hilarious. All right. Which, by the way, what's more frustrating, being Abraham that you can't receive something or being Sarah you can't give what somebody wants? What's more frustrating? Wanting something from someone that you are waiting too long for or you can't give something to somebody you love? I don't know what's more frustrating. So Sarah says, no, I just sleep with Hagar. And, they have, and he does, and they have, they have a son named Ishmael. So that's interesting. Context, Isaac is a brother. He has, Abraham has two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. But why does God say, I want your only son when you have two? Because he knows that Abraham only loves one son like a true son. And so what does God say? We're going to go worship, and I'm going to make you surrender disordered loves. Do you know what worship does? It allows things to evoke and arise in your heart that need to move to second place. Worship is a setting and a place that God asks for the things you love more than him. Loving an Isaac isn't wrong, but it has to be in order. God's not saying don't love an Isaac, don't love, you know, something he gave you, whatever. He's saying, I just want to make sure you love me more than what I give you. I heard the Holy Spirit say last service, and I shared it last service. This might sound weird to you, but I really felt the Holy Spirit speak to my soul this morning during the first service. Is that God wants the pre-Isaac love back. God wants you to seek him the way you did before you got the yes. Because how many of us are so God-concentrated until we get what we want and then he becomes a distant figure? Because this is the thing about God, friends. He's a jealous God. And he refuses to be second. And worship is the place that he asked for the throne of your heart back. Side note. This also get, leads me to understand that God's dreams are always tested twice. They're tested with your faith if it'll ever happen, and they're, they're tested with your surrender if you'll give it back. God's dreams are always tested twice. 
Second thing, not only is worship sacrificial, but worship is met with provision. Worship is met with provision. The Bible says that Isaac is laying on the altar. Abraham has the knife. He is above his son. And then the angel says, wait, 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 don't, don't do it. And the Bible says he looks behind him and there's a ram caught in the thicket. Every time that you worship sacrificially, God responds with provision. I'm not saying like finance provision if you, in that way. But I'm saying like provision of hope. Provision of joy. Provision of fill in the blank what you need. But when you worship this way, when you worship sacrificially, God always responds with provision. And by the way, is this not a picture of salvation? That right before sin was going to kill us, that there was a lamb caught for us that was traded places with you and I. You and I were Isaac, that we were on the altar of death, that we should have been killed by sin, but there was a lamb that was caught that traded places with us. This is a picture of Jesus thousands of years before he was ever born, that one day we will trade places. See, worship in its first mention ever is about sacrifice. Not about mood. Sometimes not even about desire. It's letting your truth lead your spirit. And today, we are going to lead with truth and give God the worship that he desires. The worship that he wants. And I don't know what, maybe you're like me, today is going to be a sacrifice. Last thing I'll say. Look at Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice with putting animals on the altar. In the New Testament, you sacrifice by putting yourself on the altar. Because this is our acceptable and holy response, which is your spiritual worship. Because sometimes one of the main ways that you have to sacrifice is putting yourself, your will, your desire, your attitude, your want. Lord, maybe for you today, like myself, you're not in the mood and you're going to have to put yourself on the altar And say, I'm willing to sacrifice me because this is my holy and acceptable and spiritual worship. Because, Lord, worship involves sacrifice. There's days where it's not what you want to do. There's days you're not in the mood and your mind's not there and your heart's distant and your hand is tired. That God is in those moments saying, I want to be the one you love the most. Worship takes disordered loves and puts them back in their place. I really feel that today. That while we worship, some disordering is going to be ordered. Some things that have risen too high in the love chain, God's going to bring them down where they belong. 
And they could be good things. Friend, it could be a God thing that he gave you that you now love more than him. Good things. And Isaac was a good thing. It was a dream. It was a desire of his heart. He waited 25 years to have Isaac. This isn't God's asking you not to love sinful things. He's asking you to love him above every other love. Because as St. Augustine said, Christians are run by disordered loves. And as we worship today, as we give him our hands again, as we give him our heart again and we lean in, as we give him our voice again, watch God respond with provision when we worship sacrificially. And the songs today are geared toward this idea. And you'll, you'll hear the words as we start singing them. And this is simply what worship is. It's reminding yourself you love him more than anything else. And worship does that. Worship takes the fragments and the dis disordering and the out of order, and worship begins to set things back where they should be. And I'm believing today that that's what's gonna happen. Maybe you had a morning like mine. Maybe you had a week, a month. Maybe this weekend, I don't know what's going on, but today our spirit is gonna be led by our truth. And we're going to get our heart where it should be. We're gonna get our perspective where it should be. We're gonna get our attitude where it should be. We're gonna get our spirit, our heart. We're, our truth is going to lead. And then this will always happens. When your truth leads, your spirit kicks in. Your spirit will follow. And then as emotions, which happen in worship, God will start reordering. That got a little too high. And what's too high? Anything above me. Can we stand to our feet? If you're online, get ready to worship. Wherever you're at in your home, your apartment with some friends, wherever you're watching. Once again, if you're newer to our church, newer to this setting, I'm fully aware today might be, might be a little different. Might be a lot of your comfort zone. Might just be a little different than you're used to. But I'm asking you to, to lean in. Because as we talked about last week, worship involves our hands, and involves our weight, our heart, and it involves our voice. Because worship is sacrificial. If you wouldn't mind, if you feel comfortable, would you lift your hands with me as we start worship today? If you don't feel comfortable, no worries whatsoever. But if you feel comfortable today, Jesus, here we are. God, we lean in. I know we have the meeting tomorrow. I know we have that stuff on Wednesday. I know this weekend was long. I know this morning was tough. This year was long. God, we, but we lean in. We gear our mind. We weigh in with our heart. We weigh in with our mind. We weigh in with our hands. We weigh in with our spirit. And God, today, maybe for some of us, I'm not in the mood. I'm actually mad at God. I'm actually mad at that person. I'm not actually not into this today but my spirit will be led by my truth. And the truth is, God, you are worthy of worship. You are worthy of my hands. You are worthy of my heart. You are worthy of my voice. And today I lean in as we worship today. I lean in as we celebrate today. And if there's anything out of order, reorder it today, Jesus. Reorder my loves. Reorder my heart today, Jesus. Your mighty name, come on, let's worship together.
If our ministry has been a blessing to you at all, whether through the podcast, through online, or through socials, would you consider partnering with us financially to help us continue blessing people and reaching people with the gospel of Jesus? If you would like to do so, you can go online to rosechurch.org, or you can go online to our social page, and in the bio, there's a link to give. Thank you so much for considering and helping us continue what God has put in our heart to do.